Praise the Lord and welcome back. This is In Your Eyes and I'm Jose Torres. I'm sorry that I'm a little behind. I, I've been a little frustrated. You know, I mean, I'm sure anybody who's been kind of watching the election and seeing how crazy and chaotic things are going is probably a little frustrated. I, I usually try not to act or do things in when I'm frustrated because I, I tend to be a bull in a china shop, literally and figuratively, so I tend to kind of step back and wait until I've calmed down a little bit before I act or speak up. And my boys and I were talking about since I've become a bit more, that's what's it, interested in politics lately. My kids have noticed that, you know, they noticed that I've been listening to podcasts and looking stuff up on YouTube here and there trying to get trying to get informed. And my kids were asking me, you know, they they had a discussion at school, him and them and one of their teachers and they were saying how the church shouldn't influence the government and how the government shouldn't influence the church. And I told them, yeah, that's partially true. The government shouldn't influence the church. But I believe the church and our faith should have an impact and an influence in the government. You know, I told them that our country was started by people of faith. And all the laws that they enacted were designed to protect our faith. It was designed to protect the people, but also to, to encourage and protect our faith. And as I watch the wheels of the politics turn and grind, it kind of seems like they're trying to push God out of everything. And you know, I was saying to my sons that, you know, you know, despite where you, what you see around you, God comes first in everything. And you know, my 12 year old boy, my twin boys, they kind of looked at me like they understood what I was saying, but again, they're, they're, they're like 10 years old. So, but I love them to death because they're always watching what I'm doing. This topic tonight, I kind of was, I'm kind of going to give a testimony of, you know, about something that happened to me in the past. It's been maybe 15, about 15 years ago now, I think, and I'm guessing. I just got in church, but I'm, with everything that's going on, I think that it's important for us to remember to keep God first, to remember that everything we do reflects our church and reflects on God. Well, now normally I well let me get let me start from the beginning. My topic is I won't do what you tell me. And the verse I want to start off with is Job 13 and 15. Though he slay me, yet I will trust in him, but I will maintain my own way before him. I had just got into the church. I think well, I've been in the church a little bit, for a little bit now, I think. And I kind of started, I started, I was kind of rough around the edges when I first came into church. You know, I didn't, I didn't really want to be attached to anything, so I didn't really keep up with anything. But about this point in time, I started kind of getting myself a little bit 
more of a foundation underneath me. I had my own place. I had my own car, and you know, I had a, I had, a, I had a reasonable job. So trying to figure out how to maintain my budget and all, but and I lived in a I lived in a reasonably questionable neighborhood. I would seem to end up more comfortable in these neighborhoods. But and again, I would talk to anybody unless unless I was depressed. When I'm depressed, I tend to keep to myself. But normally, on a good day, I'll talk to anybody about anything. If you know me, you know that I tend to talk quite a bit. When I'm comfortable, and since since my where the neighborhood how my neighborhood was, I would always stop and witness to people when I ran into them. You know, I'd be out trying to skateboard, failing miserably, but I'd be out trying to skateboard, and someone would come up to me and say something. We'll we'll start up a conversation. You know, or I'd be I'd be out doing something, and I run. I, I was I, I was so on fire for God. Any given opportunity, I started talking about the church. And I ran into this one kid, you know, he, he seemed like a decent kid, blonde-haired kid, you know, and then he invited me over to his house, and we talked and everything, and we, I mean, I talked to him about the church, how God, how God brought me out of my misery and kind of cleaned me up, and, you know, I, I was witnessing to the kid, and I was telling him how good my church was, and, I, and how, even though my own family didn't want me, my, the church accepted me despite my flaws, you know, I was witnessing to the kid, and I hung out with him for, for maybe part of the day. After that, I went, you know, I went back to my place, and it was a little bit, it was a little apartment, off, you know, tucked away behind someone else's house, but, you know, it was good. Well, a few days later, I was getting ready for church. I, you know, I, was, I had my purple suit on, my plum suit on, black shirt, my matching suspenders. I was, I was looking kind of fly. And, and I put these, I had these boxes full of miniatures. Cause I was, cause I, you know, in between services, I'd go hang out with some friends and play a miniatures game. So I put these two boxes in the back of my car, and I went, and, and I started in the morning, and I started, and I started my way to church. Well, I got pulled over. Again, I still wasn't very, I wasn't really, I don't know, very stable on the keeping up with stuff, and my, I, my license plate had expired. And normally, it's a small thing, I know. You know, usually if you get pulled over by a police officer who with a suspended with an expired license plate, they'll give you a ticket. And you can go to court and contest it. You know, you know the various things. But they, I got pulled over by drug task force. Now these people are, by law, they're given a bit more of a um, bit of a leeway. They're allowed to do more than what normal officers would do in in, in order for them to kind of make a case. They saw that I. They saw that I, that I put two boxes in the back of my car, and then they also saw. And when they saw my license plate was expired, they pulled me over. And the first thing they did was go to my go to my trunk, and pull out those two boxes. And they looked confused when they saw little miniature Batman and little miniature cardboard characters with little boy on little boards with little dials. You know, I'm like, hey, it's a game I play, you know, I go to the comic shop after church, in between services, and I play a little game with some people around people there. And they, they looked a bit confused. And I was I'm like, yeah, it's kinda nerdy, but it's fun. But they threw they threw it back in the car and then they dug everything out of my car. And they, you know, they pretty much ransacked my car and everything and since I don't really live in my car, it wasn't that bad. But then after they couldn't find anything, they said, "Look, we could take you. To, we're going to take you to jail." And I'm like, "For what? An expired license plate?" 
He said, then they're like, no, we're going to take you to jail because we know that you've been, you, you've been talking to a known drug dealer. And unless you decide to help us catch this drug dealer, we're going to lock you up today. And I'm thinking, well, I don't know who you're talking about. I talk to everybody. You need a bit more, you need a bit more, you need to be a bit more descriptive. I don't know, I don't know a stranger on a good day, but I told him. And they, you know, they, 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 they explained to me where I met, where I, where they saw me talking to him. And I'm like, oh, well, I don't, I mean, I talked to several people there and I'm not doing any, I'm not doing anything involving drugs because I've witnessed to them. I've told them about, about church and how God has worked in my life. I'm not going to betray that because that's going, that's going to reflect badly on the church. And they said, no, you're going to do this. You're going to go buy drugs from him. You're going to wear, you're, you're going to wear a wire and you're going to do what I tell you. And I told them, no, again, I've witnessed to these people. Anything I do is going to reflect badly on the church. Plus you guys get me on the hook. You're never going to let me go anyway. But I refuse to get to stain the reputation of my church. So they cuff me. And then they take me to the to police station where they stick me in a room and they take turns yelling at me. This is what we're going to do to you. This is what's going to happen. You're going to lock, get locked up. We're going to tell, we're going to tell the, the judge anything they need to know to get you locked up. You're going to go, you're going to go to jail. I'm going to tell them, we're going to tell them you, we found drugs on you. And I'm like, fine, you do that. But I am not going to stain the reputation of my church. You can dig in my background and you'll probably find something. I wasn't exactly a saint, I told them. But there's no way I'm going to make my church look bad for me to get out of a bogus charge. So again, I was in there and they were, they, they were taking turns. They probably, it was probably maybe two or three hours they were taking turns yelling at me. And they said, well, then they told me, well, we're going to throw you in a holding cell until we decide what to do with you. So they throw me in a holding cell. And I'm in there for maybe 30 minutes to an hour by myself. So I'm like, hey, let me take a nap. When I wake up, there's, like, there's another guy sitting there. You know, and he looks clean. His hair's all done right. He's, he's, he's wearing a jumpsuit. And he's like, yo, man, you know, I'm just stuck here until they can come get me, man. You know, and, he's, and he's, I'm like, it's like, look, this guy looks too clean. You know? Now... I know that inmates, they, 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 um, they, some of them keep their, their jumpsuits clean, but they have creases because, not just because of the way the machine they use leaves them, but they also, to keep them creased, they, they, they fold them a certain way underneath the, to keep, and keep them underneath their mattress. This guy didn't have no creases. His jumpsuit looked like it was in a closet. You know, and then, and, 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 that, and his hair looked, I don't know, his hair, his hair didn't look right either. I was like, automatically... I was suspicious this guy's a plant. I, I, I was thinking to myself, and I'm, I'm pretty sure it was just God giving me wisdom in that situation so I don't say something stupid. So we're talking. He's like this and that. I'm like, look, man, I've had opportunities to do something stupid. I'm not going to say that I haven't. You know, and, 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 and if they dig around and look, they're going to find something if they dig around and look. But it's going to be at least 15, 20 years from 20 years old. You know, I moved out when I was 13. And I, and I stopped everything when I turned 20. So you're, I mean, you're going to dig, you got to dig deep. I told him, I don't believe in a victimless crime. 
Someone is always influenced. Someone is always affected by whatever you do, I told him. So you keep talking, I'm going back to bed. And I laid back down. Well, they come and got him, everything else, and then they let me go. And they, I pretty much walked to my car. It was on the way to my house, to my apartment anyway, so. But I, started, and I, got, I got my car, and my day was pretty much shot, and I drove home. And of course, I I know I realized I didn't think about it then, but I realized now they got they had they had, from my driver's license they got my address. If they look hard enough, they can find out where I work. They had, I mean they have they knew a basic idea of where where I lived, so they they could they could find me. And, that, and that's and that's what it was for a while. If if I went anywhere, they they and they saw me, they jump out of their truck. And, and surround me and they start yelling at me you need to do this you're gonna do this you need to go buy drugs from this kid you're gonna wear wire and I'm like I'm not doing that I will not I will not stain my church's testimony all right I'm, I won't do what you tell me is what I told them I'm not going to do it no matter how many times and this went on for, off and on for a while well one Sunday night they came they actually came and got me from my house well, one Sunday morning, I think it was. It was Sunday morning. They came and got me from my house, and they took me to jail again. And to, they were they they were interrogating me, doing this and that, and then they locked me up. And this time they locked me in, and I, and I get to the holding cell. And then they're like, "Well, we need you need you need to call someone to come get you." And I'm thinking, now one thing my family told me early in life. And if I ever get locked, if I ever get locked up, not to bother calling them. All right, I might as well write out, write it out because they're not coming to get me. So I'm scrambling around trying to figure out who to call. I mean, they're not, they're not gonna just let me go like last time. They're, they're they have, so I call past, I call my pastor, and you have no idea how embarrassed I was. <sighs> And to top it off, we had a guest speaker that that day, you know. And I'm and, and I'm trying to explain to them, look, they're trying to, they're trying to pressure me into buying drugs for some guy. They want to turn me into a snitch, into an informant. I won't do it. I've told them that I will not. That I've witnessed to these people in my neighborhood. They know they know where I go to church. They know they know what I stand for. And I'm and I'm not going to stain my testimony or the church. Well, my pastor. He came and got me. I was so embarrassed. So I'm sitting there, you know, he, he came and got me and he drove me to the house, to my place, and I'm sitting there with my head down, so ashamed. You know, but, you know, and my pastor just said, it's all right. I mean, you're doing, you, you know, you're doing good. I mean, if you didn't do anything wrong, just don't let them scare you. Just stand your ground. Well, again, this went on for about, this went on for a few more months I was out eating at a restaurant and I spent a lot of time by myself at least I did back then I was out eating at a restaurant and every, if they saw me they would run into the restaurant and just surround my table yelling at me you're going to do this, you're going to do this you, we know what and they were loud enough they were trying to embarrass me and they were saying it loud enough for everybody around them around me would hear it and they're looking at me like what this guy do Who's this? you know what I mean and I said look guys I'm done eating I got to go and 
Later on, they, they found me again, and this time, they surrounded me, they were yelling at me, then they slammed, they picked me up and slammed me on the table and handcuffed me and drug me out in handcuffs. And I could hear people saying, I thought he was a nice guy. What happened? And one girl, one of the girls was like, let me tell you, that's why I don't believe anything anybody says, because you never know what they're hiding. And I'm thinking to myself, ah, this is screwed up. I got to do something, because they're going to keep doing this every day, every time they see me. You know? And I, I was, even when I was at work, I worked, um, I worked for the city at the time. I, was, I did the sign department. I was, you know, so they see me, I'd be on the street trying to install a sign or repair a sign. If I was by myself, again, they'd swarm me every time. And then, you're going to do this, you're going to do this. If you don't keep it up, if you don't do it, we tell you we're going to put you in jail. And you're going to do something like, dude, you ain't done it yet. You know, if you're going to lock me up, lock me up. But I'm not going to, I'm not going to do what you tell what you're telling me to do. I refuse to, to, to stain my church's reputation. And well, they took me up on my word. <laughs> I ended up that I had to, um, they couldn't put, they couldn't put me in there long term, but a, a they took they drug they drug me to court and this and that happened and it turns out that I had to I had what it was probation but I had to report to the jail to the prison or the detention center I had to report there every weekend until until I decided they told me until I decided to cooperate with them I was going to report there every weekend for as long as they thought it was necessary. And that's what I did. I didn't tell anybody. Yeah, well, I think I, I told my girlfriend at the time. I was I was told, you know, because she'd flip out if I didn't call, if I didn't call her over the weekend. You know how it is when you're dating. So I explained to her, you know, I'm gonna have to be doing this for a while. I don't know for how long, but I'm I'm not going to give in to what they say. It's not it's not about me. It's about I, it's about my church, my church family, the reputation of my church. I've been in I've been in rough spots and you know I mean ain't the first it was not gonna be the first time I sat in a cell. But I'm not going to give in. I mean I'm not gonna be their informant, you know. And we, we talked for a bit and she cried and you know again anyway. So I went in and the first time I went in, you know, and they sent they said I was gonna do this for at least a year. So for at least a year I didn't tell I didn't tell anybody else. Every weekend, I went, in, uh, I went to turn myself into the detention center, and they had actual inmates in there too. I'm not sure if they were being transferred or held or what, but I show up, and it's the usual thing. They give you a jumpsuit. They want you to change into your jumpsuit, put your clothes and all your personal property in this bag, and they zip it up and everything. So I change into my jumpsuit, and I'm in line. I I see that there's four kids, no, three or four kids that I used that I know. One of them used to work used to work with me, and they're like, "What are you doing here, man? You're always been clean cut. You ain't got no business doing in here. You need you're always a good boy." And I'm like, "Dude, these people are trying are trying to are trying to scare me into doing something I ain't gonna do." You know, I mean, I these are people I I witness the people in my neighborhood, and I'm not gonna jeopardize that. It's too important to me. I told them. They said, "Ah, right, you know, right, we'll look out for you, man. We'll make sure you're okay." And God put them there to help me. I mean, I was a little, I'll admit, I was a little depressed. I was confident what I was doing was right, but I was still depressed, you know? And then they were doing strip searches after we got, so there was a long line of folks, and they were literally strip searching everybody in order. And I don't know about you, what your idea of a good time is for the weekend, but a full-grown man 
Strip searching me is not one is not high on my list of any weekends. And also, I mean, there's there's a, there's a guy, the guy in front of me. They take his clothes off completely. They they check they check him, make him cough, everything. And then the next guy goes by, and again, saying they check him and everything, make him cough and everything. And then they come to me, and I'm like, crap. So I start up, I start unbuckling my, I'm I'm zipping my jumpsuit, and they're like, no, you just go on through. And again, God bless me there. And so, I mean, I go in, and there's like this big old holding cell. There's got to be maybe 100 or 50, 50 to 100 of us sitting there. And a couple beds up against the wall. Because, again, I'm going to be there the whole weekend. And the first thing I, you know, I mean, I find myself a bunk, and I lay down, and I, and I, and, and I go to, to go, I'm going to go to sleep. Well, this big old mountain of a man walks up to me. I wake up, and there's a big old huge guy. I mean, I'm a big guy, but this guy was bigger. And I'm like, great. I, it's going to be a really rough weekend. You know, I'm going to have to. But the guy's like, the guy's like well, I don't want any trouble, man. He said, he said the, guy, the guy's name was, he introduced himself. He said, my name is Chris. I, my family and I, we were, we're mercenaries. We were mercenaries, you know. And I'm like, what? What the heck? And, you know, we, and we always respect the Hispanic. We always respect the Hispanic people, man. And your boys over here, they told me you were kind of hemmed up, you know, and they didn't write what they're doing to you, man. So I'm going to look out for you. Every weekend, you're going to be in here. You're going to be in here with me. And I'm like, thank God. God put him there to keep an eye on me. Like, you know, you do whatever you need to do. I'll make sure no one messes with you. So I lay down and I sleep and he'd wake me up. He's like, hey, they hand, you know, you want your sandwich? They'd hand, they'd, he'd make sure I ate my lunch and he made sure he made sure I ate my dinner. I mean, and it, it was kind of weird. But here I, you know, here I am. In a holding cell with about, you know, it fluctuated between between 100 to 50 people. And God put these, I had these four people looking out for me. You know, here I, nor, normally I'm by myself whenever I end up in a situation like this. You know, I've always been by myself in situations like this. And God made sure that I had someone, I had people there to protect me and encourage me. And I, again, this was, I did this for a year. You know, I didn't tell anybody at the church what was going on. I'd go to church on Wednesday and I'd make church, I'd make church, I'd miss church almost, I'd miss church every Sunday. And, you know, people would be jabbing at me, you know, saying, what happened to your Sunday? How come you weren't here? And I'm like, you know, I'm doing the best I can. I'm doing, I'm doing the only thing I know to do. You know, and again, it went on, it, 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 and it went off and on for a while. It went on for a year. And, you know, and every, it was, just, and... And nobody knew what I was doing for the weekend. Except for me, one of the sisters saw me going in, you know, and I told her, and, and we talked for a little bit. And I said, "Well, I'm going to be here for the weekend. I have to be." You know, I told, and I told her, "I'm going to be here for a little bit." You know, I'll see you guys. And she said, "What happened? They caught me with an expended, with, with an expired license plate." And when I told her, she's like, "Really? I need to check my license plate." She said, "I'm like, hey, I'm more to it than that, but you know." But again. I, this this went on for about a year, and and even and still, even with me being being locked up for the weekend, every time they saw me, they would they, they would come up to me for a year. You okay now? We got stuff on you now. We found stuff. We're gonna make. We're gonna. We gotta do this, man. We're gonna make your stay even longer. We're gonna make it permanent. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, dude, you ain't done it yet. I'm not going to disrespect my church all right these people i've witnessed to them any everybody i've witnessed to in my neighborhood knows who i am and what i stand for 
I will not jeopardize my testimony and stain my church's reputation because for to stay out of jail. If you're going to lock me up, lock me up for good. That's fine. But I'm not going to do it. You know, and it, and it, it was rough for a while. You know, and eventually, eventually I had to get a lawyer. You know, and again, I, w- I was going to write it out. Because I'm, I'll admit, I'm, that's just the way I was raised. I kind of, the way I grew up just by myself. I didn't have anybody to help me when I was growing up. And I kind of just let things fall where they fell. And, you know, eventually things would work where I, work out where I could just walk away. Not the smartest thing to do, but again, I'm not the sharpest shit in the tool. But you know, it worked out, and I took him to court, and, it, and it, a, friend of, a friend of mine, that I worked with, I you know I talked to him for a little bit. And he said, "Okay, let me take it to the courtroom." He used to be a lawyer, so he's like, "Let me take it to the courtroom. We're gonna you you can get your records and find out what they arrested you for." I'm like, "Well, they they got me they got me for an expired license." So he's like, "No, that's why they pulled you over. They 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 couldn't hold you for as long as they've been messing with you over something that simple. They they falsified some paperwork." And I said, "Well." So we went. We went to the. We went to the courtroom and we got a copy of my or my arrest record for that for that incident. And they turned out. They they put that I was drunk and high, and they they could identify the substances they found me with. And I'm like, aren't they drug task force? They would have some idea what I had, if I had anything. So they falsified. I mean, it was like two pages of every of stuff they said they found on me. And, you know, again, after a while, you know, my friend was like, look, I went to law school. I'm not a lawyer, I, you know, but you need to find yourself a real lawyer. And I find, so I went, I ended up, you know, talking, asking around and someone gave me, and someone helped me find a lawyer. Most of the lawyers in town didn't want to be bothered with me, you know, and I don't blame them. You know, it's, it, it really wasn't, it, it could probably cost more money than the, than effort, but I ran into one guy and I talked to him. He's like, "Okay, fine. I'll be your lawyer. Just give me five hundred bucks." And I did. <laughs> and then eventually, you know, he 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 put all the paperwork in and and we went to court. And again, in between all this stuff, I, I'm still reporting to the detention center every weekend. And they're harassing me every time they see me by my every time they see me by myself. They they're harassing me, trying to pressure me into being an informant for them. Well, we walk into the court. I find out the head of the main officer is named Moye, I think. Well, he was there, and I walk in by myself at first, and they he puts a box on a ta- on the on, on the on the table in the courtroom, and then he takes out a stack of paper, a stack of folders. With a full, in each full of each of them is full of stacks of paper with my name on each folder, and I'm like, "What the heck?" You know, I'm like, "There's no way they got that much dirt on me. I'm not Al Capone over here." But again, he saw me, and he like smirked, and then he saw my lawyer behind me, and I could see on his face that he dropped, and then he took all the folders full of all the papers and put it back in the box. And tucked underneath, underneath the table. And, you know, we, we, then he presented my case to, to, the, to, the, to, the, to the judge. And the judge said, well, you've done enough. Pay a fine. And, uh, you, and 
you don't have to report to the detention center anymore. Just pay your fine and you should be good. And then, then that was it. Now, uh, what well, the whole point is, I mean, things are going to get rough and you find, you're going to find yourself in a bad spot. But it's important not to turn on God. God is your strength. God is all, I mean, no matter how dark it is, God has always been there. I mean, I had, from my past experiences, I planned on going through this alone, going through that situation alone, because I always have. My family made it clear that, that unless I was benefiting them, not to call them, not to depend on them. And I, and since I moved out, I spent a lot of time by myself, and I, I, I just got accustomed to doing that. And while I was growing in Christ and learning, when I got hemmed up, my mind automatically instinct went to my past instincts. You know? And God's like, no. You're not by yourself anymore. You know? Every time I saw something, I was like, okay, this is, this is going to be uncomfortable. I don't, I'm, I'm going to have to grin and bear it and just, just wait for everything to go away. And God's like, no. I set people in your life to make sure that you won't have more than you can bear. You know? And shortly after that, they let me go. I had to I mean, they put me on probation for a few months. And they, and they were just like, look, they said, as soon as you pay off your fine, you ain't got to show up anymore. But as long as I was making payments on my, on my fine... I had to show up, so I, I made. I barely showed up two or three times, paid everything off, and I was good. But it was a scary moment for me, and, and well, because but I had to remember that no matter what direction these things were coming from, God was still with me, and I, I still have to remind myself of that because I, you know, I've been alone most of my whole, most of my life, you know. My mother would leave me by myself for days sometimes. I'd, I mean, and I'm, I'm here, I'm three or four years old. And I have to walk, I had to walk down to the, to the, I mean, I'm here starving in some, in some, in some empty house or someplace. I, and I don't, and I had to find my, go walk down to the store and shoplift to have something to eat. You know, and then I stumbled my, stumbled my way back to where I was in hopes of my mother coming back and coming back to look for me. You know, I've been alone my whole life. And the people that were with me made it clear they didn't want me. And I found myself in this situation and instinctually I wanted to, sh I wanted to shut down and crawl back into myself. And God wouldn't let me. You know, it was rough and it was embarrassing because I mean I'll admit I didn't. There's certain things I don't ever want my fam, my my kids or my church to see, and that's me getting arrested. That's really high on that list, you know. I don't. I didn't want to call my pastor because I was embarrassed, but I didn't have anybody else to call. And God was telling. And God took that moment and showed me, look, your instincts kept you alive back then. 
You know, the situation that you were that you grew up in, you had to live a certain way, but you're not alone anymore. No matter where you find yourself, as long as you are faithful to me, I'll be faithful to you. You know, and that God was telling me that's what God that's kind of what I that's what I felt God was telling me. As long as I was lo- long as I was loyal to him and his church, I wouldn't be, no matter where I found myself, I wasn't going to be alone. And I've seen that. I mean, now I can look back into my life in, in points of my life where I was complete, where I felt completely alone. But God put somebody at the right time to help me get for, get through one more day. I remember I was what I was maybe six years old. I'm my age is kind of um, it's kind of a guesstimate. I don't really, I really didn't, I, I, I never had a birthday growing up. No one celebrated my birthday. My birthday, I really didn't. They didn't really. My family really didn't celebrate holidays with me. Usually, they'd go to somebody. They'd go to my family, another family member's house, and they'd have Christmas and Thanksgiving and all that. So I really didn't keep track of any of that. And that's part of the, you know. I still, I still struggle with that now. My wife has to remind me. Well, Christmas is coming up, or. You know, these holidays are coming up. You need, you need to think about that. But I, ne- I never kept track of time. And I, didn't, I mean, I didn't know how old I was until I got thrown out. My mom was like, here's your birth certificate. Here's your social security card. Don't come back. And then I saw my birth certificate. And I was like, oh, wow. I'm 13 years old. You know, I did the math. But that moment I realized that I'm not alone anymore. I still struggle with, with the, the desire to pull back. But I will maintain my faith. As long as I, long as I stay with God, I'm never going to be alone anymore. Thank you. Yeah, it's been... I think I've been living for God now. 25 years? I turned 20 when I started going to church. And I turned 21 in the, when I was in church, so. It, it's been an interesting ride. God is constantly, constantly blessing me and helping me. And I, I was, I'm hoping this little story, this little testimony encourages you no matter what situation you're in if you're faithful to God God will be faithful to you right your level of sincerity God will match that if you go in 50% God will put in 50% and then more all right if you go in if you put in 100% God's going to give you 200% no matter what you, where you were when God found you if you are if you are a hundred percent devoted to him, he will return it to you a hundred percent, hundred times a hundred. And it's oh man, I appreciate you taking the time to listen to this little episode. I'm sorry I was so long winded. Um. 
one of my listeners recommended that I that I end with a prayer. And I think that's a good idea. I mean, I'm not sure how. Everybody has a different way of praying. And usually when I pray, it's kind of like a conversation. It's just me talking to God, you know. It's, but if we could take that moment, I'd like to pray for everyone under the sound of my voice. God, I hope that you you give us strength and encouragement. Remind us that you're still there. Things are difficult and things can get scary. But as long as we're faithful to you, we know that you will, you will keep us. And when we're weak, you will give us strength. When we feel lost, you will guide us back to the proper way. I ask that you keep a hand on our families, on us, and that our testimony can be a light to people around us so that we can call more people to your glory. I pray that you strengthen us and guide us in everything we do so that we can glorify and worship you in everything we do. I ask for you, I ask that in your mighty name, dear Lord. Amen. Thank you guys again for taking the time to listen to me. If anything I say to you, I say during one of my episodes bless you, maybe you could recommend it to somebody else, you know. I'm a little unconventional, I know, but I'm trying to be a blessing to someone. If you need if you want if you want to get a hold of me, I'm Jose Angel 1219 on Parlor and Twitter. Straw for a head on Instagram. And my email address is joseangel1219 at yahoo.com. Feel free to reach out to me. Always, it'd be happy to hear from some people, you know, get a little bit of vote of confidence. I'm glad that some of you are reaching out to me, giving me, you know, giving me a little bit of pointers, kind of help me, you know, help me not sound so clumsy on here. My son said, Dad, you need to get a mic. So I might be looking into that, you know, try to make this out a bit more or less garage band. Right. Thank you, everybody. God bless you. And I'll see you guys next episode.